Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Monday, December the 19th, 2022. Chilly, chilly Monday morning everywhere. Uh, 44 here in Tampa. Looks like we're checking in around in the teens in Ohio, in the 20s in Virginia. Similar temperatures to here in Louisiana. Welcome, everybody. It's it's Christmassy, you know. I mean, that seems seems like a good like a right thing, you know. As long as everyone's safe, you know. Chilly chilly temperatures seem to you know makes it feel more Christmassy. You can wear your sweaters and your <laughs> your wintry clothes, you know. So, hope you guys had a great weekend. We um uh, we did. We uh, we had a good weekend. Um. We, uh, let's see, actually it wasn't as many parties and stuff, you know, we kind of got, we're kind of through that, all the uh, Christmas parties and holiday parties, so it was a little um, low key, which was kind of nice, in fact, I think Saturday we were like, wait, we don't have any, or Friday we were like talking, thinking about the weekend, like, wait, we don't have any events we have to go to, so that was kind of nice, just kind of ease into the week. Uh, yeah. I think I just hit a button there. That was weird. <laughs> huh. I don't know what that means. I think I hit a uh, button on here. I don't know if you can hear that, but it was like. There we go. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, we're back at it. Well, today we're continuing in this uh, Advent devotional, uh, Advent uh, readings, uh, N.T. Wright's devotional. That's kind of what we've been using, not kind of. It is what we've been using through this uh, Advent season. Uh, it's been a great uh, guide for us. And uh, this week, we, as I, as I promised last week, and if you've peeked ahead, you know, uh, this week really digs into the... the um, birth narratives of Jesus proper, like what we really can, the, the, you know, typical birth story, what we think of when we think of Christmas and the biblical stories, that's what we're going to be reading this week. So it's Christmassy, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like Zachariah and Joseph and Mary and, um, yeah, so we're, we're in it now. It's the shepherds tomorrow, uh, so... So this is good stuff. So today it's uh, from Luke chapter 1, verses 57 through 50. Uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 57 through, I'm sorry, 57 through 80. 57 through 80. And uh, this is Zachariah's song. Um, yeah. Welcome, everybody. So glad to have you guys on. Fourth week of Advent. This is it, man. This is the final week. Um, by this time next week, it's all over. 
<laughs> Sorry. So let's soak it in, man. Let's uh, let's walk slowly through this week as much as possible, and savor the moments and uh, be uh, be reflective. Uh, be um, let's listen. Um, be observant, uh, and just take in the uh, the goodness of God. So, all right, let's do it. Uh, Luke chapter one verses fifty seven through eighty. This is Zechariah's song of praise from, um, well, it's from the Bible, but this devotional is uh, by N.T. Wright. The time arrived for Elizabeth, for Elizabeth's child to be born, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had increased his mercy to her, and they came to celebrate with her. Now on the eighth day, when they came to circumcise the child, they were calling him by his father's name, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up. No, she said, he is to be called John. None of your relatives, they objected, is called by that name. They made signs to his fathers to ask what he was to be called. Remember, at this time, Zechariah is mute. He had the vision when... Um, uh, Early on in, in Elizabeth's pregnancy, Zechariah was serving at the temple, and um, uh, because of his uh, doubt and uh, unbelief, he, was, he couldn't speak for the whole duration of her pregnancy. That's why they're calling for a writing tablet. And he's like, why is he just saying it? Well, because he couldn't yet. And uh, like uh, Zechariah, we had to like kind of be, you know, like we were just talking about being quiet for the, and observing. That's kind of what Zechariah had to do. He had to be just observe the miracle and uh, the wondrous work of God. So anyway, they made signs to his father to ask what he wanted to be called, which, you know, probably like, like talking really loud. He's like, I'm not deaf. I just can't talk. Zachariah, what should the baby's name be? I, dude, I can hear you. I just can't talk. Uh, do you ever notice too, like when you're, uh, <laughs> uh, when you're looking, when you're like looking for a street and you're driving and you're looking for a street like name, like, uh, okay, where is uh, main street? You turn down the radio, <laughs> like you're not going to be able to read it because of the radio. Oh wait, I got to turn the radio. I mean, let's see. Okay. It's first street, second street, turn the radio down. Okay. There we go. There's main street. Yeah, you can't read it with the radio on. Mm -mm. You got to turn that radio down. Oh, we funny. We some funny creatures. We some funny little creatures. Um. Okay. So what happened? Okay, so he asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote wrote on it. This is Zachariah writing. His name is John. Everyone was astonished immediately. His mouth and his tongue was unfastened, and he spoke, praising God. Fear came over all who lived in the neighborhood, and all these things were spoken of throughout all the hill country of Judea. Everyone who heard about it turned the matter over in their hearts. Hmm. They were amazed, right? They were amazed that here's Zechariah, now he can speak. John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke this prophecy. Blessed be the Lord, Israel's God. He's come to his people and brought from 
and brought them their freedom. He raised up a horn of salvation for us in David's house, the house of his servant, just as he promised. Through the mouths of the prophets, the holy ones, speaking from ages of old, salvation from our enemies, rescue from hatred, mercy to our ancestors, keeping his holy covenant. He swore on oath to Abraham, our father, to give us deliverance from fear, from foes, so that we might worship him, holy and righteous before his face to the end of our days. Always, uh, I'm always struck by this. Uh, this we're not, we're going to read a little more. We're not done reading the Zechariah song, but I'm always struck by these. Uh, they're the the praise, this, the Christmas uh, songs like Zechariah's and Mary's. They um. They really do give thanks for a promise made to their ancestors, right? Um, God, thank you for the promises made to our ancestors, and you kept our your you kept your promises to them in our day. Hmm. It makes me wonder, like, how many people in our past, like in our family, like how many people that way before us in generations past prayed uh, for us. So some, so one of our great great grandfathers or mothers maybe knelt down before the Lord at some point and said, "Lord, I pray that my descendants would come to know you. I pray that my great great grandchildren, my great 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 grandchildren, would come to know the Lord Jesus. That he, they would come to know you and worship you, and serve you all the days of their lives. And when we got saved." It was not only a answer to immediate prayers, but it was also answers to the prayers of our ancestors. Hmm. And and so you push that forward. What about what about us praying now, right, for the, our great 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 grandchildren? What about us praying now for those uh, generations uh, that will uh, follow us, and uh, that uh, our prayer might be answered in their life? So, uh, because that's what Zachariah is saying. He's saying just, verse 70, just as he promised through the mouth of the prophets, the Holy One speaking from ages of old. He swore an oath to who? To Abraham, our father. Verse 76. You, child, will be called, now he's talking about the child, uh, John, that will be his son. You, child, will be called the prophet of the highest one. Go ahead of the Lord, preparing the way letting his people know of salvation through the forgiveness of all their sins. The heart of our God is full of mercy. That's why his daylight has dawned from on high, bringing light to the dark as we sat in death's shadow, guiding our feet in the path of peace. Wow. Wow. That was uh, what um, the coming of Christ and John who preceded him was all about, right? Bringing light to the dark while all of humanity sat in death's shadow, uh, God sent uh, the light to uh, guide our feet to the path of peace. Hmm. The child grew, that is John, and became powerful in the spirit. He kind of started dressing funny, too. <laughs> well, let's, let's be real. <laughs> he did. He became powerful in the spirit, but he dressed he wore camels. Camel's clothes, and he lived out in the woods. He was, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. But he did change he changed the people's heart back to Jesus. But man, he did some, he was different. He was socially awkward. You bring John to a party, it's gonna be socially awkward. First of all, he ain't gonna wear your silly sweater. <laughs> he ain't gonna wear you because he wears a silly sweater all the time. He's like, this is my silly sweater. No, I'm no, but John, it's a, it's an ugly sweater uh, party. I, that's what I that's what I got. That's what I got. It's what I wear. No, you don't understand, John. Like this, you're supposed to do something different because it's like ugly sweater, you know. So it's the holidays and everything, and so you're supposed to be, you know, be festive by being a little different or something. It's, no, that's what I wear. I wear camel hair. That's what I do. I live in the woods. I I I wear camel hair. And I say I say things that probably gonna make you uncomfortable. So that's what I do. That's my job. <laughs> yeah, you bring John to a party, man. He, you know, it's gonna be a cringe moment. <clears throat> Can't believe he said that. Yeah, well, that's how he rolls. Um, but he grew and became powerful in the spirit. He lived in the wilderness until the day when he when he was revealed to Israel. They realized who he was. He lived out in the woods. Well, let's hear what John uh, N.T. Wright has to say, his devotional thoughts on this passage. Many people today can't imagine what life would be like without television. We're so used to it telling us what to think about all the time. Without it, some people become quite worried, lost in the world of their own unfamiliar thoughts, like an explorer whose guide has just disappeared. And isn't that true? The TV isn't on. Like, I don't know what to think um, because, the t- because the television guides every all my thoughts or the Internet or the Facebook, whatever. You know, uh, both are true. Take away the radio, newspaper, social media, and smartphones as well, and what would you think about all day? That was the situation, of course, of most people in the world until very recently. It was a situation for everybody in Jesus' time. If you were Zechariah, what would you think of all day? Your family, certainly. Local village business, presumably. Your health, quite possibly. The state of the crops. The prospect for the harvest. But behind these obvious concerns, there are deeper questions. What is wrong with the world? People are suffering. Your people are suffering. Wicked foreigners have come from far away with hatred in their eyes and weapons in their hands. Darkness and death have stalked the land. Many people in many countries have had all this to think about over many centuries. Hmm. That's why we need silence and solitude, man, so we can think. And maybe that's where he's headed. Behind that, again, there may be a sense, though much has gone wrong. Somehow there is a larger hope. Things can be put right. Things will be put right. Let go of this and you're sunk. Often it's the old people, the ones who cherish old memories and imaginations, who keep alive the rumor of hope. Because hmm. Zachariah was an old dude, man. When he had, had when they, he and Elizabeth had John, they were older. I I love that, man. Because I think I think. Um, I think it's possible for us as we get older to become more cynical and more uh, um, uh, not desperate, but la- lacking hope, like discouraged. 
it's possible that um, that as we get older, that that can become our disposition. And so when we're around people, we aren't hopeful people, but we're, we, we actually um, are cynical, skeptical um, about the world and about uh, where it's headed and about whether it can be made right. Um, but, I, but I don't think that's the way it should be. I think those of us who follow Jesus, those of who, us who call upon the name of the Lord, and as our walk with him becomes stronger over time, hopefully, we, become, we should be the ones who, who are be the ambassadors of hope. Because we, we learn more and more that you know, the ultimate savior of this, uh, of this world, and of us in particular, uh, is not in this world. That, that the more we live to realize we, the things of this world are not going to save us. But we don't lose hope. We actually uh, strengthen our hope in God. We, we, we may lose our hope in this world. We may lose our hope in confidence that this world is going to save us or a particular person or a particular government or governor is going to save us. Yeah, we're going to lose hope in that because over by and by we're going to discover that that is not going to save us. But as we walk closer with Jesus, we become more confident that salvation and the one who can make things right is God. I think so. I think the older we get, we should become the most hopeful people around. I mean, that's a great reminder for us, man. We should be more hopeful than our children. We should be more hopeful than our grandchildren. We should be hopeful, hope-filled. Hmm. Um, Zechariah comes across in this passage, especially in the prophetic poem, as someone who has pondered the agony and the hope for many years and who finds the two bubbling out of him as he looks in awe and delight at his baby son. It's a poem about God acting at last, finally doing what he promised many centuries ago and doing it at a time when his people had had their fill of, fill of hatred and oppression. One evil empire after another had trampled them underfoot. Now at last God was going to give them deliverance. We can feel the long years of pain and sorrow of darkness and death overshadowing his mind. Nameless enemies are lurking around the corner in his imagination and experience. But we can also feel the long years of quiet prayer and trust. God had made a covenant with Abraham. God had promised to send a new David. God had spoken of a prophet who would go ahead to prepare the way. All these things he had known, believed, prayed, and longed for. Now they were all to come true. Mm. Much of the poem could be read simply as the celebration of what we would call a political salvation. Though few ancient Jews and not very many modern ones would want to separate the secular from the sacred the way the modern West has done, but there are signs that Zechariah's vision goes beyond simply a realigning of political powers. God's mercy, the forgiveness of sin, the rescue from death itself, all of this points to a deeper and wider meaning of salvation. Luke is inviting us to see that God, in fulfilling his great promises of the Old Testament, is going beyond a mere this-worldly salvation and opening the door to a whole new world in which sin and death themselves will be dealt with. Wow. God doing something new. Beyond just the uh, political realignments, <laughs> more than just uh, you know lifting up Israel, God is dealing with these deep spiritual realities of death and sin 
and mercy and grace and hope. Zechariah's own story of nine months of silence suddenly broken at the naming of his child is a reflection on a smaller scale of what was going on in Israel of the day. Prophecy, many believe, had been silent for a long time. Now it was going to burst out again to lead many back to the true alliance, to a true alliance to their God. What had begun as a kind of punishment for Zechariah's lack of faith now turned into a new sort of sign, a sign that God was doing a new thing. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Like the, uh, the image of Zechariah being silenced for nine months, like he couldn't speak, is sort of, and N.T. Wright is bringing it out, that it's uh, symbolic of the prophetic silence. You know, 400 years before the birth of Jesus, it was silent. And, uh, you know, there, were, there was, of course, wondering, even doubting about whether God even cared anymore. Is God going to keep his promises? These ancient promises that were made to our ancestors, is God actually going to keep them? Um, these, uh, these, these promises kept in the sacred book, are, are they going to come to fruition? And Zechariah's nine months of silence is, is symbolic of that long period of, of silence and expectation. And likewise, with the birth of his uh, son John and naming of John and his bursting forth in praise, it's, it's also like the bursting forth of praise and, and, and uh, excitement and um, jubilance at the birth of Jesus and what God was doing. He, he, was, he, he had indeed kept his, prayer, his, his promises. He had indeed heard the cries of his people. He had not forgotten. He's just waiting for just the right time. Just as Zachariah's lips were loosed at just the right time. God was doing a new thing. That's what Advent reminds us, that when Jesus came, God was doing a new thing. Luke's long first chapter. And Luke got some long chapters. Man, Luke, we read when we read read Luke together. We know this. Luke got Luke got long chapters. It's only in Luke that you read chapter one, verse seventy-seven. <laughs> you know, you know, that. you know you you know you're reading Luke when you have chapter one, verse seventy-eight. Yeah, he got long chapters. But Luke's long first chapter holds together what we often find easier to keep separate. At point after point, he has linked his story to the ancient biblical record of Israel, to the patriarchs, kings, prophets, and psalms. He is writing of the moment when the centuries-old story was going to come around the corner at last, come out of darkness into sudden light. He ne- mm. That reminds me of like a, a parade, right? The, the wording there. It's kind of like a parade, you know, and you're waiting, you're waiting on the curve like for the parade, and you can hear the, uh, the, uh, the police motorcycles, sirens going, but you can't quite see it yet. You can hear it coming, and you can hear the, maybe hear the, the marching band and the bass drum. Yeah, you know what I mean? And you hear all that, and it's going, and then, and, but you can't see it yet, but then it comes around the corner. Here, the parade has made it to me. Yeah. And that's what it is. So this whole parade of uh, prophecy and promises throughout God's word, you can hear it coming. You can hear it coming, but it, you can't see it yet. You know, you can, you can maybe feel the bass drum. You can hear the, the, um, the emergency of vehicles, you know, firing off their, uh, their, uh, their sirens. 
You maybe hear the rustling of the crowd, but you can't see the parade yet. All these prophecies and hopes and psalms and kings, but they're about to come around the corner. It's all about to come around the corner. That's what Christmas is, coming around the corner. Verse, the next, next line. He never forgets this larger perspective. Everything that he tells us about Jesus makes sense as the fulfillment of God's ancient promises. The hope of Israel come to fruition at last. Mm, mm, mm. Here's his thoughts for reflection today. Look again at Zechariah's Song of Praise. Which parts of it do you think offer the most cause for joy and celebration? Hmm. That's a good thought for you. You know, what we read of Zechariah's uh, songs, what brings you the most uh, reason to celebrate and joy uh, and, and, and give thanks? You know, as I said, I think it's uh, just the faithfulness of God for me, just the reminder that God is faithful and that just right the, at just the right time, um, God's going to God's going to show up. And I'm thankful for the fact that God gives us promises and his word. And, you know, you can hear the bass drum. You can hear the parade come and you give it gives you some hope that you're, you know, that you're not just waiting out there in the cold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you sit out there waiting for the parade. You're like, OK, um, we did get the time right. Right. Like this starts at nine. Right. Not ten. Because I don't. But yeah, no, you're here. You're in the right place. You're at the right time. It's coming. It's coming. And Christmas um, is a promise kept. And uh, Zechariah's song is just a reminder that uh, God's promises of to deal with death and uh, to deal with um, uh, coming to us, being with us. Uh, he was going to keep. He kept, he was going to keep those promises. He wasn't just making noise. He was coming, and he did. All right, you guys, thanks so much for being on today. You know, we do. Oh, I didn't say that today. We, we read, we pray, we change the world, but we already read. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word today. Thank you for uh, the beautiful uh, songs in the Bible, uh, particularly the, uh, the songs of Zechariah today. That, um, that is uh, pregnant with so much joy and uh, delight and thankfulness. <laughs> God, we are so grateful to you for loving us, for caring, for, um, for giving us hope and a future. Uh, Lord, maybe there are some friends of mine right now who've been praying for something for a very long time, and uh, maybe they're on the verge of losing hope. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them today and strengthen them today. And may this, uh, this promise kept, that we read about today in Zechariah's uh, words, may it give them uh, renewed hope and courage and strength to trust and to, uh, to, to remain faithful. God, as we walk through this week, this final week of Advent, help us to walk um, slowly through the crowd. Help us to walk with our eyes and our ears open. Uh, with all of our, our, our sensibilities and sensitivities alert, uh, to experience you to experience family to experience love to experience grace to experience um, god to experience you in flesh we love you we give you praise in jesus name amen amen
God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. I hope you have a fantastic Monday. Thanks for spending with uh, with us today. Uh, thank you for sharing, liking, subscribing, letting people know about the podcast. Really appreciate that. We'll be back at it tomorrow. My Bible study is done, so I will be back on tomorrow, Tuesday morning, um, as we continue to walk through this final week of Advent. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.